is somebody's phone here. I don't want to. Sorry, I don't want to steal anything. Oh no, thank you. I'm good. Appreciate that. Well, good morning again, everybody. Um, man, I am uh, always. It's always such a not just a treat, but man, a joy to be able to to worship. Sometimes I, you know, take this time for granted with everything you know we have going on with setup and stuff, and um, especially after a week like this, man, it is. Uh, it's just cool to. Um, hear all the voices of the, God, the people of God uh, just uh, lift Jesus' name up. It ministers to my heart really, really well, and uh, I hope it does to, to you guys as well. And so um, my name is Zach, one of, the, one of the pastors here on staff, and uh, again, just super grateful you guys are here. Um, I have a, a couple of passages we're going to go through today. We're going to kind of focus on our Love This City vision, kind of recap some of the things that um, we've seen this past year, and some of the, some of the good things, some of the challenges, and also uh, what God has for us in store. Um, and I kind of weigh like, man, how am I going to you know deliver this or go through this? Could give statistics, could you know talk about everything that we've done in the city, but you know what's probably best is that we allow God's word to lead us today, because I want this to be a time of rest for us as well, and uh, really to um, point us to uh, our, our ultimate rest in Jesus and see that our rest doesn't just mean that we stand idly by, but our rest can even be in how we live on mission for Jesus. Um, all of us in here who are Christians, who are believers in Christ, we've been redeemed by his blood. Man, we have been called to a lifestyle of mission, to live on mission for Jesus. And what does that mean? Well, we'll I'll share that with you guys here, here in a moment. Um, but before that, I would love to uh, go to the Lord in prayer. God, uh, Thank you for uh, who you are, God, um, saving us, redeeming us, um, bringing us back into relationship with you, God, uh, just splitting the dividing wall so that, we, that way we may walk with you, um, not just be made right with you, but, Lord, we may see relationships around us reconciled um, with the gospel at the center. And so, Lord, I just am grateful uh, to just sit under your word this morning with my brothers and sisters, and I just pray that we would all... Uh, just uh, be uh, given rest by your word, and Lord, that we would also just be excited for all the things that you are doing in our city and how we can continue to be um, a part in that as well. We love you, Jesus. We praise you in your name. Amen. So as I was listening to that last song, uh, man, just thinking back on, on my story and, and how God had, uh, man, just saved uh, a mess like me and just completely transformed my life and my story, and then I look around the room, and, and I just see so many others. And even though I may not know everyone's specific story, man, everyone in here has a story. Everyone in here has, who is a Christian has been transformed by Jesus. And we have been transformed by Jesus for a purpose and for a reason. And uh, you, you may have heard in, in the past here at Origins of kind of what, what is a disciple? What, what does a disciple look like? We, we hear that word a lot. And um, a disciple is someone who is following Jesus, someone who's transformed by Jesus, and someone who is living on mission for Jesus. If you take one of those things out of the picture, man, like, that's not a disciple. A complete disciple is someone who is following Jesus, someone who's being transformed by Jesus, and someone who's living on mission for Jesus and with Jesus. And he transforms us, he changes us, so that we may be equipped for the work that he has set out for us as individuals, as families, as uh, neighbors and as a church, that as a church we would go forward and we would, um, man, proclaim salvation 
to the nations. That is why we exist. Everyone in here, that is our purpose. That is our purpose as a church. Even if we have different job occupations, we live in different neighborhoods, different contexts, our, our reason, our why in life is that we would see the nations come to know, trust, and find their rest in Jesus. And then I'm thinking even further out, not, not just the people in this room, but the people that we serve in the city. And uh, I thought about this, this man at Miracle Hill, um, uh, Josh and I, and uh, a group of us at, here at Origins get to go there on Thursdays for a time called Coffee Time. It's an hour. Um, sometimes I don't feel like we really do a whole lot for them, but uh, man, it, it's, it, it's been great. And we have about six or seven guys who consistently come back every Thursday. And uh, man, it's a great time. That's been for over a year that these same guys have been coming back. And one of the gentlemen who's actually just arrived about four or five months ago arrived in a wheelchair. And a couple weeks later, we go back, and he's walking. And I was like, oh, man, I kind of want to know the story about this. And so uh, I ask him. He shares his testimony. He was living in Florida, working at a fast food restaurant, and out of nowhere, collapses, falls, wakes up in the hospital. People are like, hey, you had a brain tumor, and you're also, you've also lost uh, the, the ability to walk. He didn't have any feeling in his legs, and so he was in a wheelchair. And that didn't just necessarily scare him in the sense of like, oh man, my eternity is like ruined, which obviously that crossed his mind. Um, but he was like, man, my purpose here in this life has not been lived up to. I have not been living out my purpose, my reason, my why, my mission here in life. And through God's word, through, through people around him and through hearing the gospel growing up, man, he gave his life to Jesus. And he moved up here to South Carolina and he got um, uh, connected with Miracle Hill, and he got brought to Miracle Hill, and a few weeks later, God gave him the strength of his legs back. Now, he's not walking perfectly. I mean, it still takes him a long time to get up the stairs, and he's kind of wobbly, but he loves cleaning toilets. And he's like, man, I love cleaning toilets because it's like, you know, I clean poopy toilets, and I had a poopy heart, and God scrubbed my heart clean, and I get to do the same here at Miracle Hill, and I get to share this with other people. It's awesome. I mean, I, I love it. That, that's the kind of stuff that God is doing. I'm like, dude, that is just an awesome way to put it. I'm going to share that if it's okay. And he's like, yeah, go for it. And so, um, but what's so great about that is his heart to serve. He has a purpose now. God gave him the ability to serve him, whether he was still in a chair or whether he, was, whether he is walking. He has a purpose, and he is going to pour his life out so that other people may know, that they may see, hear, and respond to the gospel. So God gives him his legs, uh, the strength in his legs back. He sees a man in the woods in a wheelchair, broken wheel. The guy's taking a rope and trying to throw it on branches in front of him to pull himself forward to get out of the woods. Super crazy. I've never heard a story about, like that before. And so he's like, oh, dude, this guy needs a wheelchair. So he gives him his wheelchair, and he pushes him up out of the woods to Miracle Hill, and they give him a place to stay and medical uh, attention. And man, the guy's hearing the gospel, and he's living at Miracle Hill. Like, you talk about a guy just, like, completely transformed by Jesus and using his ability, whether he's in a wheelchair or not, for the sake of God's kingdom. Like, man, that is our reason. That is our why. We exist for God's mission. And this is something that I, I want us to, to, to go through in a summary through some passages, and then we will give uh, some next steps on what this continues to look like in our church and in our city. And this is something that you guys, I'm sure you're very familiar with the Great Commission. And at times I think, man, that's a moment where Jesus initiates his mission for his people. But then I look all the way back in Scripture, and really God's mission has been there the entire time. 
All the way from Genesis to Revelation, we see God's mission, his purpose for his creation is for us to worship him because he knows that our, our, our rest and, and, and everything that we can have can only be found in him. And so we see this back in Genesis. He, he creates the world. He, he puts people in it. He tells them to, uh, to multiply and fill the earth with more image bearers of God, that there would be a people that worship him, that serve him perfectly without any sin. And it's great. Well, if you go three chapters in, you realize that that doesn't last too long, that mankind, Adam and Eve, decided that worshiping themselves would be a better option than serving and worshiping God. And I'm like, man, dang you guys, because generations upon generations for thousands and thousands of years have been ruined. But then I look at my life and I'm like, man, Zach, you've done the same thing. And, and I'm sure you guys could say the same for yourself. We, we have lived a life at times, more than not, where we've wanted to find our worship in other things apart from God. We wanted to find our rest in other things apart from God. And that gives us a false mission, a false purpose. We start living to, to put our identity in other things or to, or to pursue this or to pursue that. And really the whole time God's mission for us, his purpose for us, is left squandered. And so we see that happen here in, in the garden. And obviously what is most important to happen there is their, etern their eternity is at stake. There is a spiritual divide between Adam and Eve and God. I love reading the children's Bible that um, the children's church gave us last year for, uh, for, for children's dedication. My mouth is really dry, so it's sticking together. Um, but, uh, sorry, side note. But um, anyway, I like reading through that with Cooper, and the way that um, this put it in the beginning of Scripture was God, after Adam and Eve had sinned and everything had gone crazy, God said, look, I am coming for you. I love you. Hold on. I'm coming for you. I love you. I'm going to make all things new. Everything's going to be okay. So this is a promise that God has for us. The mission seems to be tattered. The mission seems to be divided. But God promises that he is going to return to us or come to us to return us to, in relationship with him so that way we may be redeemed. We can walk freely to obey God and to live on mission with God. And then as you go through Genesis, you see that this, this promise, not only to deliver them through the Messiah, but to um, bring them on and, and invite them into his mission, that they may be a part of this. We start in Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 through 3. Um, this is the call of Abram, where uh, it says, Now the Lord said to Abram, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you, and I will make you a great nation. And I will bless you and make your name great, so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and him who dishonors you I will curse. And in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Man, this is super important. God redeemed a man who wasn't known to God. He, he wasn't someone who was already saved. He brought a man out of exile out of his sin, saved him, gave him a purpose. Thank you so much, man. My mouth is just so stinking dry. Came down with a bad sinus infection on Wednesday or Thursday. It's just been, I'm, I'm better now, but I still have my mouth a little dry, so there'll probably be some pauses here today. Sorry. Anyway, so God promises Abraham that not only is he going to bless him, but through Abraham, he is going to bless the nations. 
How is he going to bless the nations? We'll find out here in a moment. But he's going to bless the nations through this one man. And he says, um, I will bless all who bless you, and him who dishonors you I will curse. And in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. We see this theme continue into Exodus, where God's people who grow from Abraham to Isaac and Jacob and, and, and a whole entire nation, a bunch of people who are banking on God's promise. They're having faith in God's promise that he's going to return, he's going to redeem them, and he is going to multiply them and, and give them a ton, ton of blessing and bless the nations, in other words, people who aren't already in the family of God. He's going to bless them through this family line, but they end up in Egypt, and after generations of different pharaohs and stuff, they come under oppression, and these people are not only forced into physical labor as slaves and living really hard, awful lives, but they're also under the oppression of the Egyptian gods. They're under the oppression of, of a spiritual warfare that is going on as the enemy of Satan who deceived Adam and Eve in the garden, who's still at work today trying to um, confuse people and bring people away from God's truth and his word, is at work in Egypt. And these people are under a lot more oppression than just physical oppression. It's spiritual oppression. But God sends Moses back into Egypt. We know the story. He goes and God shows a bunch of awesome miracles. He redeems his people. He saves his people for the sake that they would come out and they would worship him and they would be free to worship him and they wouldn't be oppressed by the worship of their self, of their sin, or the Egyptian gods. But he didn't just stop there. God didn't promise to save them just to keep them there or to allow them to sit on the couch and be like, man, I can eat potato chips the rest of my life because I'm saved and I feel great. No, he redeemed them. He brought them out of slavery for the sake of blessing the nations. This promise that we see given to Abraham. And so he promises that um, they are going to be blessed and the nations will be blessed because of them. But in order to do so, they need to be made as a certain kind of people. So we see this moment where Israel goes to Mount Sinai and Moses goes up the mountain to speak to God. And starting in verse uh, 4, God says to Moses, You yourselves have seen what I did to the Egyptians and how I bore you on eagles' wings and brought you out to myself. Now therefore... If you will indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, you shall be my treasured possession among all the peoples, for all the earth is mine. So God is calling them to be a certain kind of people. If, if God's people are going to be a people who bless the nations through his promised one, then they need to be a people who are holy, who are set apart. And so you go through all the sacrifices and you see all the craziness that they had to go through day and day for their sins. And even though they did everything that, they, that God asked them to do imperfectly, it wasn't perfect, but God um, continued to be their God, continued to be with them despite their sin. And all the sacrifices that they gave, they still weren't full and complete because they themselves were still sinful. Someone had to come to be their advocate. Someone had to come to represent Israel to God or be the representative of Israel to God. And who other than God himself can represent his people and his creation? That's key here. This mission that God has called us on is not a mission that we just walk aimlessly by our own direction. It is a mission, it is a purpose that we, as Christians and as a church, we walk centered on God himself. And we see this promise continue to grow into this Messiah, this, this one who will come and redeem his people, and then specifically that he will come through the family line 
of King David. So it starts to narrow down. It seems very broad at the beginning of the scripture, but when you go through the Bible and you see that it starts narrowing it down to this specific person, this type, this, this Messiah, this deliverer through the line of David. And so he promises that they will be a nation that blesses other nations through God's salvation to them. And that in order to be that, they have to be a certain kind of people to live for God to bless the nations. Okay, well, what is their specific mission? What is their specific purpose? The psalmist in uh, Psalm 96, verses 1 through 3, he's, he sings and worships. He says, Oh, sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all of the earth. Sing to the Lord and bless his name. Tell of his salvation from day to day. Declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous works among all the peoples. So Israel, God's people, have been redeemed. He is coming back to them to redeem them, to bring them back in relationship so they may be a people who, through their salvation, would bless the nations, bless everyone who is not in the family of God. In order to do so, they have to live and they have to be a certain kind of people. And we know that this, this promised Messiah who's going to come and represent them isn't here yet in, in, in Psalm 96, but he's coming, he's on his way. And we know the specific mission that is going to happen with God's people that they have been called to do, even in this time, and that is to sing the praises of God, to bless his name and to tell of his salvation from day to day, to declare his glory among the nations. Man, that, that has been our purpose since the beginning to declare the goodness of God. And we see this, this promise fulfilled, obviously, when you read through the gospel accounts that God himself in the flesh, Jesus came in and lived on this earth. He represented Israel in the way that Israel, or we, or Zach, myself, cannot represent myself. He lived a perfect life according to God's law, according to his law. He never sinned. He loved God and he loved his neighbor perfectly, Jesus here on earth showed what Adam was supposed to live and Eve was supposed to live like in the garden. He represented them and he represents us. And through living a perfect life, as, as, as the verdict of death was upon us, by living a perfect life and then going to the cross and bearing God's full wrath and his anger that is meant for me, is meant for us, and for all generations who have sinned against him, had bore God's wrath, was in the grave, and on the third day rose again, defeating sin, death, and the grave. Man, we have life. We get to sing as a church because we are saved and we are redeemed in Jesus. That's awesome. Our eternities are forever secure in Christ, but we're still here on earth. Why is that? There's a reason for that. We're not, we're not just here to, to enjoy our salvation. If we we're just let, to be left somewhere to enjoy our salvation, we, are, we would already be up in heaven with God. But he still has us here for a reason. And I love in First uh, Peter chapter two verses nine through 10, it's kind of the fulfillment of what we saw in Exodus of Exodus. Sorry, my mouth's getting dry again. Probably only happened three more times. We see the fulfillment of what's happening in Exodus. God calls them to be a holy people, a set-apart people. Well here we see in verses nine and 10. He says, but you are a chosen race. This is Peter writing to his local church. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, 
that you may proclaim the excellence of him who called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. God's people have been redeemed for a purpose. That purpose is to proclaim the excellence of him who called us out of darkness and into his marvelous light. Once we were not a people, but now we are God's people. Once we had not received mercy, but now we have received mercy for a reason and for a purpose. In the Old Testament, they had the tabernacle and the Ark of the Covenant where God would come and dwell in this one place. And as Israel would give their sacrifices, uh, the, the high priest at that time would be able to go in and give the sacrifices of Israel on behalf of Israel and their sin. And God would uh, forgive Israel. But when Jesus came, and he was the fulfillment of that sacrificial system, Jesus once and for all was able to forgive our sins. And as the book of Hebrews says, Jesus goes into the heavenly realms, into the, into the inner room, not built by, he, by human hands, but built by God himself. And he offers himself as the perfect sacrifice on God's altar for our sins. So it is done for forever. It is accomplished. There's no more work that needs to be done for our salvation. Jesus has earned it all for us. We rest in his work. We worship in his work and the work that he has to do through us. And so now as a new tabernacle, a gathering of people, God's temple is no longer something that is constructed of human hands, but is constructed by the work of his Holy Spirit. And where does God dwell? He dwells in our hearts. Those of us who have been saved, who have been redeemed, he dwells in us. And we're, we're, we're not stationary. We, we move. We're a people who moves. God calls us to move and to be on mission, to live, to see other people come to know and trust in Jesus. We are the living stones that build up this temple of God, with Jesus being the cornerstone. He is the centerpiece of what holds us together. And man, we are called to go. We are called to go, and we see that now getting to the Great Commission, this isn't just a mission starting, this is a mission redeemed from the beginning that we see in Genesis. Before Jesus ascends to heaven, he says to his disciples, it says, And Jesus uh, came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Jesus is saying that as you are living your life, as you are going through about your life, wherever God has placed us, as individuals and as a church, as we are living our life as a church, go and make disciples. Go and, and proclaim salvation to people who do not yet know Jesus. <coughs> Sorry. Go and proclaim salvation to people who do not yet know Jesus, that they may be transformed by the gospel, just as all of us have been transformed by the gospel, and that they may be equipped to go back into the harvest and to make more disciples of Jesus. I referenced the guy at Miracle Hill. He is a great example out of many examples. <coughs> Sorry. Who has been redeemed by Jesus, transformed by Jesus for the sake of God's mission. He is serving people inside of the context that God has him. He's bringing the gospel to people who do not know Jesus. It's not always easy. He has a bad attitude sometimes. He tells me he calls it his Samuel L. Jackson moments. And we all have our own Samuel L. Jackson moments. We don't have our stuff together all the time. 
but it's awesome to see Jesus continuing to transform him for this purpose. <coughs> I know that I have no other purpose in this life that would give me rest and full completeness or anything if it were not for the mission that God has given me in my life. And it's not something that's individualistic. This is something that we get to live out as a church. So that brings me to, to our specific context and in our city. As we know of God's mission for us as a church, man, this looks like a number of different things in the city of Greenville. And a few different things that God has uh, done awesome, awesome things in, in the past year or two years I've been here, and for many years since even before I got here, places that we've been able to be connected at. Man, one of those, again, speaking of Miracle Hill. This is a place where uh, we, not only do the guys get to go on Thursdays for coffee time, but the, but the ladies get to go to Shepherd's Gate. Uh, Lee Sanderson, Abby Elrod, and Sarah Bonner get to go there, and they get to rotate, and they get to do a pretty intense devotional and in a, in a Bible study with these women who are going through a bunch of different things in life, and they're there to help spiritually support them and walk with them. That's tough stuff. It takes time. It takes effort. And then these ladies, these moms, these, these sisters, daughters, these people who are there, they get to live out their purpose in their families and in the places that God will bring them. People will continue to be saved. We, as Matthew always says, our goal here is not to build up origins. We want to see God's kingdom spread out horizontally, not necessarily just here in this group of people. We get to see that work done in the places where we get to serve, all over the city. And some of those things we may not be able to even see until eternity. But that's the work that we need to be a part of. There's many ways that we do that. At Miracle Hill, as I said, with uh, the ladies doing their group and the guys who get to meet for coffee time. <coughs> Sorry, I thought that would be better than coughing into the mic. Um, and another area that we have been uh, able to serve at too, and this, is, uh, this has been where it's been a really, really super tough week, is Legacy 4K. Um, Man, it's been really, really cool to be able to serve there this past year. They're, they're about two years old, and uh, they're, they're, they're campus specifically. And uh, not the teachers, they're not two years old. Teachers are adults, but the, the campus itself is, is only two years old. And, uh, man, we've been able to be the first church to go in and serve them. And it started out with just, you know, monthly breakfast and, you know, writing encouragement notes here and there. And uh, I didn't really realize how much turnover there was until a few weeks ago to where, um, I was, uh, they let me know that, man, there's 15 teachers who left. And I was like, oh, wow, did not know that. That's important because we exist to pour our life of our church into the staff there at Legacy, into the kids there who meet there. Man, that is why we exist, to see the gospel transform them. And so thankfully, we're able to um, get on track of getting another list of the teachers there. But then everything started falling into uh, kind of, not into a row, but out of sorts since that. So then I was told, hey, we're going to go and do reading buddies there uh, this past Friday, this last Friday. And I was like, awesome. And everything that could have gone wrong with that in the week preparing for it went wrong. And it was just, I'm not going to lie, I told, I told Matthew, I was like, man, I've only been like serving um, leadership and ministry for like seven years. This was probably the hardest week. Like, man, I felt like I was just getting body blows in a boxing match, and I was not winning. I was just getting hit in my non-ab stomach region. And getting hit with the right hook, everything that could go wrong went wrong. And, uh, you know, then it got sick and stuff, and it was just not a great week. And the whole time I'm like, man, like, is anything going to give? Like, this is just such a difficult year. And 
uh, Becky, man, thankfully she's just the great voice of wisdom and reassurance in my life. She let me know, hey, you know what? Maybe God really wants us there if all this stuff is happening. And I was being super discouraged and stuff. And then Friday morning we show up. I'm expecting the absolute worst. And man, it was the best time ever. Like we got to go and hang out with these kids for an hour. We got to splash around in their uh, you know, water stations, go and draw pictures to them. I drew a block M trying to brainwash the little kids there to be Michigan fans, even though they will never even know what that is probably. But anyway, um, it was just a lot of fun stuff. That's the sign note. And then we got to gather on the rug in the last 20 minutes, and we got to read books. And these kids, you know, one kid came up to me. He's like, man, you look like my dad. His name is Ron. And I was like, cool. Tell Ron I said hi. And it was just like the, these kids were just so grateful that we were there. And the staff that is having to run around with all these kids were grateful that we were there. And walking out with, to the new director, I was like, hey, like, could this be something that we could do monthly? And she was like, yes, we would love that. The, the last Friday of each month, we'd love for you guys to be here. So we're going to set that up. That, that's huge news, church. Like, it is, it is not easy to uh, walk into schools and to serve and to get there. Because, man, relationships take a long time to be built. And one area that's hard to build relationships from the outside is in schools. And so that's nothing to do with anything by myself or, or, or anything by human hands, but that has everything to do with God and the doors that he has opened and the volunteers that he has given here to, uh, man, be a part of that mission. Kathy Rastatter and, and Amanda Stuckey, man, those guys are just, they're heroes. Like, selflessly every single month going to serve and drop off breakfast, and then we go and get breakfast, and we get to share ideas and stuff, and, you know, what should we do moving forward, things like that. Like, it, is just, it has just been so, so cool to see them welcomed in to God's mission as well. And then obviously things that we do for PMAC once a month, man, Kathy's always there. She's ready to go. And then you look at uh, other places where we can do more low-bar stuff and invest in the city, we're able to do. But man, this is something that all of us can be a part of, something that we can all do and step in in different ways. I want to give one more shout out because I wanted this time to be a time of encouragement for our people as well. Um, the, the teachers that we were wanting to care for and serve, um, this is even being poured into our community groups where our community groups are taking uh, ownership to sponsor a few teachers from that Legacy 4K. And each month they're going to write encouragement notes, give them some candy, um, show them some love, so that way those teachers know that they are cared for. And I'm telling you, it means a lot. It means a lot. They have smiles on their faces when, when we go in there. And that is an opportunity for us to build relationships for, to share the gospel, to see salvation come to their hearts. Or if they're already Christians, man, to encourage them, to build them up, to see God equip them to, already, to share the gospel in the places where they are already at. And a shout out to the Caller Community Group, because they are on it. Our group hasn't put together our bags yet that are going to be brought here in two weeks. So remember that, second uh, Sunday, November, for our teachers, our community groups will be bringing those here. And they already brought their bags in today. And so it's awesome. Super, super encouraged by that. Can't wait to bring that to those two, to our teachers. And so those are just a, a few different areas. But I just wanted to share with you guys, man, God is doing so many great things. And it's not easy. It's day by day. It takes a long time. But God is doing good stuff. And so I want you guys to know that you can be involved in a few different ways of what this looks like for us going forward. Because you're probably thinking, man, like, I don't know if I can serve every week somewhere. Like, you know, hey, we, we work during the day, Zach. You know, have kids, stuff like that. Completely understand. The first way where I think every single person in this room 
can be a part of what we are doing in our city is prayer. And that's something that it's easy to take lightly. For, even, for myself, it's a struggle at times. But prayer is essential, not just in our growth and our relationship with Jesus, but how we see the gospel move forward. Man, these teachers, these teachers need hope. These students need hope. They are people that God has called us he has blessed us with a relationship with Jesus to bless the nations. Where are the nations? The nations are in our, in our city, people who do not know Jesus. So pray. Pray for our teachers. We, the prayer list is weekly on um, our, our, our Origins Weekly newsletter. Look that up. It might be in your spam. It might not be. But take effort to type it into the search bar. Look it up and go and take down the different prayer notes. Write them down. And commit your, yourself, your life, your family's life, your community group's life, to pray for the needs of our city. Man, that, that is a responsibility that we have as Christians on the behalf of those who, who don't know Jesus and do know Jesus, to lift up our brothers and sisters, to pray for those. So, so I, I, I ask, like, I, seriously, I ask that people, we would all pray, we'd make a lifestyle committed to prayer. And then secondly is, man, physically showing up and serve. For those of you who have the schedule and you, and you, or you've been thinking, man, you know, I've been wanting to you know, put some of my gifts or some of my uh, you know, things that God has blessed me with to, to go in and to serve, yes, we, we would love for you to join us to serve. Miracle Hill, I love is just like Origins, we want to multiply what we have. We don't want to just stay stationary. So they start with a few coffee times, and now they have like nine, and one of them even meets on a Saturday morning, and uh, uh, our group meets on Thursday afternoon, and I was like, man, I would love to grow our group so that way we can split and some volunteers from our group can start leading another one. And so if you have a time during the day or if there's anybody who's like, man, that seems right up my alley, I would love to have you come and visit with us to join in on that. In, in, in different parts, whether it's that or legacy, once a month, hanging out with kids from 8.30 to 9.30 in the morning and being able to uh, serve their teachers, love their teachers, or simply just in your community group. There's opportunities in your community group to be able to serve and to love our city. Stay committed to that. Stay uh, prayerful for that. And uh, man, I, I, I would love to see our volunteer base not, not grow for the sake of numbers, never, but for the sake of the joy that we even get from serving. Like, it sanctifies me. It grows my heart. It transforms me to love Jesus more, to grow closer with Jesus. To see, when you see the needs of the people that you're, I mean, you don't have to go thousands of miles away. You can go right here in downtown to where we, we see the needs of our people. Man, breaks my heart. And God wants salvation to come to their home, and we get to be a part of that. And so prayer, serve, and the last one is more of just a thank you. We don't bring it up a whole lot, but generosity and giving. Man, we, Miracle Hill goes through seven things of coffee every single week, just at the rescue mission. And a bunch of creamer. They love their, their, their creamer there. And so we are able to support them weekly with that. We're able to support breakfast for Legacy each month. We're able to support even Greenville High School a few times during the school year with donuts and stuff. Wash PMAX buses. I was able to smoke a bunch of pork for PMAX this week. Man, that is, we are able to do that because of the generosity of this church. And I spill a bunch of the pork grease on my car seat, and it's soaked in there. And so it just smells like pork all the time. It's great in the colder weather, but when, once it gets a little hot out, it starts smelling a little weird. So I have to go and scrub that out somehow. That'll be my project today. But anyway, like, man, those things are able to happen because of the commitment of 
our church. So thank you. Continue to be generous. Continue to ask God, man, how can I be a part of this mission? And this is all for the culmination of this, that, that one day we, we do this. We, we toil and, and, and we, we struggle and we pray to God. We, we ask him to intercede. We go through life giving our, ourselves in, for, for the gospel to pour our lives into this city for this reason. John, in, in, as he writes the, the revelation that Jesus has given to him, it says this in verse 9 of chapter 7. After this, I looked, and behold, a great multitude that no one could number from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes with palm branches in their hands, and crying out with a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God, who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. Man, a guy that I was able to randomly give a car ride to like five or six years ago didn't seem like a, it was a super sketchy situation, but really it was just me being a baby. And God was able to bless a great conversation with that and pray with him to give his life to Jesus. Never saw him since. Man, I think about that guy often. About one day standing with multitudes of people in eternity forever, worshiping Jesus, worshiping the one who has given us a relationship with God, even despite our sin, he came and he died for us. He, he redeemed this mission that we see in Genesis. This is, this is the, the end goal. This is it in eternity. This is why we do what we do. For people to be saved so that way they're one day we worship with multitudes. This is the promise that we see him give to Abraham. His, his descendants will be as numerous as the stars. One day in heaven, we will be around people that we have never met, people we have never seen before, but the gospel has saved them. Jesus has saved them. Even if we have never met them, the work that we get to put in as we see the work from all the churches in our city, state, country, all over the world, multitudes of people of every tribe, language, Worshiping Jesus, singing to Jesus as we continue to worship him in perfect rest forever. Man, that, that is the end goal. So what we do here matters. We are here for a reason. God has placed this church family here in downtown Greenville for a reason. It's hard, it's hard to stay downtown. I'm learning that really quick. It is, it is by God's grace that we are still here. But we are not here by our own efforts. And everything that we have is God's, and he has called us to give it for the sake of the nations coming to know Jesus. And so, man, I, I hope this time was encouraging, not a time of, uh, man, crap, i gotta, I got to be a part of everything. No, I want our church to commit, but I want us to commit to where God has called us to specifically. And lastly, man, thank you. It is a joy being able to serve with this church. I love you guys. Let's go ahead and pray, and then the worship team is going to come up and, and lead us in the last song. God, we love you. Um, just thank you again for, for your word. And uh, Lord, I, I just pray we, we would rest in you today and every day. And God, that we would, uh, you would remind us of our purpose daily to serve you and to serve others, to see the gospel change so many lives in, in this city. 
and that we'd be able to play a small part of that, Lord. I pray for all the other local churches and ministries and partnerships in the city who are, are, are doing great things, God, who are giving their lives for the same. Lord, I, I just ask that you continue to bless our efforts, even though at times it's hard and difficult. And uh, Jesus, ultimately, that we just, we would just trust in you. We love you. We praise you in your name. Amen.